America, my name is Ahmed Yosef from Pong. I come to you live every Thursday about this time. And today we're going to talk a little bit about the market and the family and why we're so bad about talking about families, about why, but why families are so important if you want functional market societies. Because there's a way in which the market is the second family, but you don't have a second family unless you have the first family intact, right? So the market needs the family or what happens is and this happens a lot in racial capitalism family power ends up using the market to like actually exploit people who don't have uh you know the right families and this is especially important for black people since there's been a you know a war on the black family since you know you know we've been in chains um so People don't understand the relevance of the family for market societies, but it's like trying to play uh, football without an offensive line. For example, I'm of the age where there was Emmett Smith and there was Barry Sanders. And in theory, they were both playing the same game, the game of football, but one of them had an offensive line and the other one didn't. <laughs> and the idea that they, were, they weren't really playing the same game because... Like, the team, like Sanders' numbers and his success as a lion were completely independent of the conditions that made, you know, football a fair game because he just didn't have a uh, an offensive line that could do him at all like justice. So we don't really know how good Sanders was. We don't. We think he was really good, but we don't really know because his offensive line was so bad. Whereas we know pretty much exactly and even have a higher estimation of, of where um, Emmett Smith is right because he had a competent offensive line and a competent um, uh, quarterback. So what you have is a situation where, and for Black people, family is your offensive line and politics is your quarterback. And without a good offensive line and without a good quarterback, you're just a target for defenses. So, so market society looks bad because we don't have the conditions, the family and the political conditions to actually participate in market society as anything except fodder for someone else's stat sheet. We get to create wins for other people. We get uh, so that other people have perfect records. We need to lose all the time. Um, so that's, that's the black, we exist. And our institutions are targeted by, um, you know, they were targeted by the government and they were targeted by, you know, racial animus to make sure that we don't have autonomous power. Any black institution in America that has a, a possibility for autonomous power is, is considered like a weed. So when Kanye says, like, we don't own the black voice, he's not actually wrong. Right? When you look at the most powerful person in HBCUs, it's not anyone black. It's Mackenzie Scott, Jeff Bezos' ex-wife. Nobody, no HBCU is going to say anything that's going to get on the other side of, of Mackenzie Scott. And you think Mackenzie Scott cares about black liberation? Which means, <laughs> or, or, or taking the cut of, uh, of, of white power. So, taking a fair cut for black people. So, you have to understand that all of our institutions, the black religion, the black church, the black church is what it is because it's the black church that the whites will allow, right? You forget that Martin Luther King Jr. was not particularly popular um, when he was alive. Even black church people were like, that Negro is going to get us killed, all right? And look at uh, Reverend Barber. 
Reverend Barber is, he just got a job um, at Yale. He got that job at Yale because he's a particularly ineffectual leader for the Poor People's Campaign. There is not one poor person who's been improved by Reverend Barber's antics. Now, a lot of Democrats, he got a lot of Democrats elected in, in North Carolina, but that's not the same as helping poor people. <laughs> so, but that's, that's, if he actually did what it took to actually secure poor people um, the economic assets they need to actually participate in America on a par with their bosses and landowner and uh, and landlords, then he would be so vilified that he wouldn't have gotten that job at Yale. <laughs> but he's the kind of black people white power likes because you know he's not actually going to threaten threaten um, the power of you know the white capitalist class. So. Um, this all kind of started when I thought about immigrants who come here and say like, well, you know, my family had nothing but $3, had nothing, came off the boat with nothing, uh, and we started from nothing, my family did. And I'm just thinking, by the time you have a functional, intact family, you already have so much more than black people. Like, my family was not functional and intact, right? I would have, I, my dad died a few years ago. I, whatever inheritance... Um, I'll get from any of my parents. I'd give away almost all of it uh, if I had a, a black dad at home. Instead, my mom worked 3 to 11. Uh, so, like, I pretty much raised myself on TV and guessing, which is no way to live. Because in, in a predatory market society, if you don't have a culture, that means your food for the mass media to like put whatever ideas they want in your head and you don't have an offensive line to protect you from it. Does that make sense? Is it all kind of, is it people, is it making sense? Um, because this is very important. If you don't have an intact family to protect you from the ravages and the predatory inclinations of market society, then you become the food for market society. <laughs> Right? You become other people with intact families' food. And make, sure, make no mistake, just because you don't have a family and you get conscripted into some of the more predatory forces of market society doesn't mean that they'll feed on you. They might conscript you to come feed on black people. This is why so many immigrants come to the United States, learn the rules, and understand that the way to survive and the way to thrive in the United States is to feed on black people. <laughs> is to exploit black people by any means necessary, treat them like garbage, and ignore the obvious justice claims they have, right? Right, so if saying you, ha you come with nothing except an intact family means you already have a lot. You already have a lot. And just talk to anybody without an intact family who's actually honest. I know some people listen to this and, you know, they got uh, babies, mamas, and, and divorce, and they say, like, no, it's not that bad for the family. I'm sorry, there was a mistake made in your existence, right? Either you made a mistake, or you were conned into making a mistake, or the system's not working out for you because it's not the same. <laughs> having two intact parents versus not having that is, it, it's, you're, you're setting up, you're setting your kids up for failure, right? You're taking away a whole person who is dedicated to them and, um, and only, you only get so many of those and you're taking away half of them and, telling them and, and, and letting society tell you that that's okay. No, like divorces are signs of failures. Single parents are signs of failures. Now it might not be a personal failure. It might be a deep systemic failure, but 
I'll tell you, a lot of divorces come because there have been attacks on the black family and there have been attacks on black institutions. And in that vacuum, the media feeds you notions of what you should look for in a partner and what you should look for in a, a spouse and a family. And guess what? It turns out that, you know, the black, since women initiate more divorces than men, the black guy you're with can't provide you with the aspirations you've been taught by the media, not your own parents, because your own parents, like, there have been generational, like, attacks, but you've been taught by the media to expect this out of a marriage, and that just doesn't accord with black life and the degradation that we're in, and so you divorce your dude and leave your kids without a daddy. And so that's just not, that's a product of the target Black family being a target of white supremacy because black family could be the offensive line. And white supremacy doesn't want black family to be the offensive line. They want you hanging out there in, in like Barry Sanders trying to figure out if, is it you? Is it my lack of offensive line? Is it the game of football? Is it my lack of quarterback? They want you out there confused and blaming yourself when really you needed an offensive line and a functional quarterback to take some of the heat off of you so that you can do your thing. And, and the problem is when I thought of this, I thought of the analogy, but the problem is that football might actually be like, I'm not a big, I can't watch football now because I think it might be a bad game. But let's say the problem wasn't football. It was the fact that Sanders didn't have the conditions to actually shine as a football player because he didn't have an offensive line. He would be blaming all sorts of things and maybe a little bit would be his offensive line, but his big problem would be the offensive line. That's what separates him from Emmett Smith. That's why they might've been playing fundamentally different games. Um, and you really can't compare them because they were playing fundamentally different games, right? So family is your offensive line and don't tell, don't listen to people who say that family don't matter because they just want you to play football. They're on the other team and they want you to play football without an offensive line. <laughs> um, and that's, that, that's the, or they're just embarrassed that like they got snookered. So, um, that's. Intact families are very important if you want to actually participate in self-determination, if you want actually autonomous will. Without that, your will will be overwhelmed by, doesn't matter what you want, the other team is coming at you and you don't have any protection. Right? So you have to understand that that's a situation of black America and that's a problem. So we need a politics that centers actually sustaining families. In order to sustain families, you gotta sustain assets. And, um, you know, sustain assets and sustain time and security. And that way families will stay together. And we need control of the black mind and culture so that we don't go into um, family relationships looking for them to, with the inappropriate entitlements and the wrong expectations. All right. So you have to understand that if someone comes from an intact family and a culture of intact families and they see how intact families can work, they've already come with like, I don't know, 10 years worth of income because divorces are not only expensive, they're just horribly degrading and fracturing. So you've already had like an intact family is already an asset of almost incalculable worth. And I said before, whatever material resources I could have, um, I, uh, I, I may get from 
my parents passing, I would give all of those away, whatever thousand, like a thousand, thousands of dollars I'll get. I'll give all of that away um, for like having growing up with a dad. Right. Or growing up in, a, in America that didn't tell my mom that, you know, you know, divorce is fine because, you know, my dad was, as you can imagine, he was a no BS African immigrant. He was actually like serious about parenting and that freaked my mom out. She admits this now. She didn't admit it then. But like now she looks back and she sees honestly what a good job I'm doing with my kids. She admits that like, yeah, um, my dad was kind of a no BS guy and, and, and that freaked her out. And, you know. People were saying that if it doesn't make it spark joy, just drop it in the eighties. And that worked. And so that's a strategy that works for white people who have other assets. It works for some of them. Most of them know that like, that's actually just not a way you win. But if you have a lot of assets, you can, you can screw up your marriage and like still not screw up your kids that much. But like, no, for black people, it just was just uh, another, it was the equivalent of, uh, of, that kind of ideology was the equivalent of DEET or Roundup because black institutions are considered weeds for America. Any black institution that can actually foment um, autonomous thought that could negate the influence of white supremacy is considered a weed. And so, yeah, the black church, black family, um, yeah, black assets, black property, those are all targets for America. And you just have to understand that if you're not fighting on those on those grounds, then you're not actually fighting for black people. If you're not fighting for black families, you're not actually fighting for black people. If you're not fighting for black assets, you're not fighting for black people. That's property and also secure contracts and jobs. Right? And anyone who's telling you that family doesn't matter, or it's okay to be a single parent, and like they're just not, they don't want your kids to win. <laughs> like they, they, they're, they're, they're feeding you some sort of nonsense to make you feel good at the expense of your kids because they don't care. And then it ends up imploding for everyone. So you have to think of family as the offensive line in the game of American capitalism. And people who are telling you that family doesn't matter wants you to spin your wheels being as excellent as you can as an individual without an offensive line. And that's not the way you get a ring, people. That's not the way... Um, that's just not the way you win. That's not the way you, you get rings. That's just not, that's just not how it works. And so once you get the family set, you can participate in the market as a second family, right? Cause the problem with family relations is that they're going to be too immediate and, um, you don't, you want to, you don't want to work for the family business cause you might want to quit, right? You might want to do something else with your life. You don't want to do everything. Like you want to be emancipated from the family, um, uh, in order to choose your own fate and, or, and in order to, uh, you know, go your own route in a way and, and make your own decision. So there's a freedom that comes from market, but that's the freedom that emerges out of family relations and is dependent upon the existence of family relations. It's not a freedom that can supplant um, the necessity for a family, right? Any more than a caregiver can supplant the necessity for um um, a parent, right? Teachers are great and great teachers are great, but they're not your mommy and they're not your daddy. Coaches are great and great coaches are great, but they're not your mom. They're not your dad. Like I'm, I'm in university of Georgia right now. Georgia football players should not listen to Kirby smart for like life advice. That's not his job. 
His job is to get as much out of you on the field as he can for his bonus. That might coincide with your interest, but it might not coincide with you walking past 50. <laughs> it might coincide with you running now, but not walking in your 40s, right? So you go, the people who actually love you immediately have a different interest because their interest isn't distinct from yours. I hope that makes sense. So don't listen to, like, coaches are great and teachers are great, but they're not substitute for parents. So we need to enable parents and also enable teachers and coaches, but not as substitutes for parents, as supplementaries, um, assistants. But first things first, we need to enable the conditions, the social and economic conditions and the cultural conditions for intact black families. Intact families. Um, and have that be a part of our political vision that will actually strengthen the market society because it doesn't create um, perennial winners and perennial losers. It'll just create good games, right? Because right now, like I said, you can't really compare Emmett Smith and Barry Sanders. They weren't playing the same game, right? And it's unfortunate but them is the breaks, and that's, that's how it is. So a real politics, a real black politics is going to center family. It's going to center property. It's going to center family. And it's going to build from that to contracts and jobs and, you know, just all of the institutions of black autonomy um, that are targeted and autonomous black thought that are targeted uh, by um, a country that has a vested interest in kind of deeting or putting Roundup on all that thinks institutions of autonomous black thought are weed. And by the way, if you appreciate anything I'm doing, you need to go over to www.funkyacademic.com and kick in five, fifteen, or fifty dollars a month because you know not a lot of people are talking the way I'm talking, and the reason they don't talk the way I'm talking is because I'm telling you that the way to freedom is clawing back assets and power over the structures of communication from the whites, and nobody, no black person wants to say that like you don't get paid for but telling you that the problem is like, you gotta claw back stuff from the whites. Now black nationalists will get paid by saying that like, well, we don't need them, we can separate. No, this is America, like it's a constitutional democracy. You can't actually separate from the state government. Your little black town is still in a white state. And honestly, if you're in a little black town, you're probably in a Klan state. So your little black town in Mississippi is still gonna have problems because you're in a white state. So you need to actually like work on the whites and you need to go to an ideological war and if it comes physical, I, you know, I'm one of those people that think that like, yeah, some white people are going to lose their lives, but you need to at least be prepared for the ideological war against the whites. And not a lot of black people will tell you that like the road to black liberation comes through an ideological war against the whites, but it comes through an ideological war against the whites um, because they are at war against us. <laughs> they are at war. They want, and they want to convince you and they want to come convince you through feminism that you don't need your offensive line. They don't, they want to convince you. Mind you, they will get their inheritance from their daddy who they hate. You know, I'm starting to think more and more black, uh, more and more white lady politics is just like, they're just Republican. Black, white Democratic ladies are just Republicans with daddy issues. They don't care about anything else. They have to like pretend that they care about healthcare or climate change or whatever they pretend to care about. But really, they're just exercising their daddy issues. Because <laughs> they, they fundamentally have the same politics as you know, the whites do in general. But um, thank you for your time. 
you appreciate what I'm doing, go ahead and go to www.funkyacademic.com and I will take care and I will see you next week. I might do another video right now about the uh, coming race in California um, between Barbara Lee and Katie Porter. Because I, I find that amusing, entertaining, but it's a completely different issue. And But I, I, uh, let me check in on the kids and then I might hit you up with another one pretty soon. All right, take care. Bye.